0: Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Red Deer Golf and Country Club. Quickly into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Mark in St. Albert says, Bob, I love it when you talk about current highs and lows of the orders, but your show today trumps that. Sheldon Kennedy is the real warrior. He managed to deal with trauma perpetuated or perpetrated against him and has become so important to the future healing and prevention in our society. Thank you for the great show. That comes to us from Mark in St. Albert. Yeah, we just had Sheldon on the show here for about a 20-minute segment. Uh, we will tell you, Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated 50-plus years. 14 locations in Edmonton, one in Red Deer, five in Calgary, one in Regina, one in Saskatoon. Royal Pizza. Uh, you can uh, visit a list of their locations at RoyalPizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stock for rec- recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. Brendan Escott likes the Texan. All right. Full disclosure, earlier today we had a chance to catch up to Hockey Night in Canada's Ron McLean. Let's get to that conversation. Well, Ron, it's great to see you again down here at the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament. Red Deer, you were here a couple of years ago uh, with Brian Burke. And, uh, of course, you, you spent some pretty key time uh, early in your career uh, here in Red Deer. What does it mean to come back uh, to a place where uh, really maybe to a certain extent you kind of really got jump
1: started? For sure. And Cam Moon would uh, say the same thing. Red Deer was a, a great place to keep an eye. It's kind of like uh, Mike Vernon said when he went into the Hockey Hall of Fame. As a wrangler, he used to get to go over to the Saddle Dome and see the NHL team's Practice. He could watch the great shooters and the great goaltenders. So for me, uh, a kid in Red Deer, I could watch all the people I admired in Edmonton, which was uh, Wes Montgomery for Morning Show Radio, which was Al McCann, Ernie Afaganis, John Wells. Uh, I mean, these guys were Tiger Williams, Brian Hall. These guys were gods to me. Rod Phillips, kind of, we crossed paths. Um, and the same for Calgary. I could go through Ed Whalen, with whom I worked eventually, and uh, Ken Newans and Russ Peake. And these these guys were the ones who shaped how I felt about sports broadcasting broadcasting. broadcasting, and they were all so for me especially, uh, the thing I took away was the, the humility in, in all of them. I think maybe that's just an Alberta thing to kind of cut you down if you're getting too high on your horse. But it's a great town to start out in. And the funniest thing, you know, when I come home, you just experienced it. You're Marty. You can explain who your Marty is. And my Marty, uh, Marty Vellner, who owns Vellner Leisure <laughs> Products in Red Deer and has a home on Birchcliff Road in Sylvan Lake, Jarvis Bay. And they ended up realizing they know uh, who sold the house to Marty. It just got small, fast. <laughs> <In> our, <yeah. laughs> my Marty's Marty Mrazik,
0: who uh, is a concussion specialist for years for the Edmonton Oilers. we with Ron McLean. Uh, Ron, the, the event is the Battle of the Alberta Golf Tournament. This is the third one. I was at the first one in 2018, and then we had the pandemic. Uh, you were here in 21, and then, it, you know, uh, the numbers that they have last night, I mean, those numbers would trump... The majority of NHL teams, major golf events, if their players at the start of the year, like just I don't know I don't know how good the economy is down here I right now. Know. It kind of but it, but it it's there's a lot of really giving people for this event for the Central Alberta Child Advocacy uh, Center, isn't there?
1: Well, I'll, I'll give you one thing. Eileen Park, out of the Redger Golf and Country Club, where we're situated for the tournament, uh, she just won the Canadian Juniors down at Newfoundland or somewhere in the east. Uh, so people here put a great emphasis, I suppose, everywhere in Canada they do. But Red always been great for. It's a great place to raise a family, and uh, the Child Advocacy Center, which is the main thrust of our uh, initiative, that's for uh, children of trauma, and it's Sheldon Kennedy's brainchild. He started it in Calgary and here in central Alberta, and they've got a facility at the Red Deer Polytechnic, which is an unbelievable mix of Alberta Health Services, of uh, the actual Child Advocacy Center, which is where they you know, bring you in if you've been sexually abused or experienced uh, any form of s- silo of trauma. Uh, they have doctors on site. You don't have to go to the Red Deer Regional and wait. You can get treated right away. You have police right there. Uh, They have every form of expertise available, and I think that's why the money... Uh, I mean, Sheldon's always been good at explaining the, the need to sort of have intersections of all this wisdom. And it's happening right here. And this will be the absolute center of excellence for mental health in terms of kids' trauma uh, in the world. And not just kids' trauma. They do a great job of uh, teaching a, a parent or parents, whoever the guardian is, uh, of what to do in a, in a given scenario. Ron, uh, it's, it's interesting because when you sort of made it
0: on a national stage, the canadian teams were the dominant ones you know you had the Oilers and the flames and every year from 83 to 1990 one of those two teams the orders winning five cups during that time they were in the stanley cup final i mean the orders even made it to the conference finals in 91 and 92. And montreal won in 93 and we haven't had a canadian champion since so i'm going to ask you a hard-hitting question here is it harder for canadian teams to, are there certain pressures uh on canadian organizations that make it a greater challenge and more difficult to win the Stanley Cup because, statistically speaking, the probabilities of seven Canadian teams now winning the right. title over what is now a 30-year run is, is frankly, it's a high, uh, very high uh, level that uh, that would not be the case. Well, I do think pressure is a part of it.
1: I, you know, the 2004 Flames got to the seventh game, Tampa lost. Edmonton Oilers, 2006, seventh game lost. Vancouver Canucks, 2011, seventh game and lost. And I do feel it's easier to be the underdog, which the American team always is. There's, you know, by the time you get to a seventh game of a final with a Canadian team, I mean, it's a national uh, hysteria. And it, it, I think it's extremely, uh, you know, challenging for for the Canadian teams t- to just sort of go under the radar and, and get it done. I do think, I don't have to tell you, you've been all over this. I mean, Edmonton's building something that has to be, uh, you know, going to the promised land soon. Um, it's funny, uh, Jeff Jackson, just who we both respect greatly, just hired as president of the team. He was the guy who traded, uh, well, told, not traded him, but told Connor Brown he was traded out of Toronto. And I really liked Connor Brown. And good morning. <laughs> and uh, he, now he's acquired him for the Oilers, or he hasn't, but in a, in a roundabout way, the, the guy who sent him packing out of T.O. where I first got to know Connor Brown is, is the guy at the helm when he comes back to Canada. So you know the, the basic uh, core problems are it's guys don't necessarily, or maybe their families don't want to play in Canada. Patty Marlowe found it very difficult. Patty Marlowe, if you ask Connor Brown, of all the people he's played with, who, who mentored you best? Patrick Marlowe. And Patrick Marlowe's advice to Connor Brown was talk to yourself the way you talk to your teammates. Yeah. You're too critical with your self-talk. Right. You're always supportive of your mates. Start talking to yourself the same way. Uh, but Marlowe found it extraordinarily hard in Toronto. His children go to school and they get, hey, good morning. Hey, Ron. Clark, how are you doing? Uh, so the... Uh, challenge here is, is that. Pressure um, you know, goes without saying, the tax laws and some of those other considerations. But guys just want to win the cups. Right. So they'll come to Edmonton. They'll and, come to Toronto. And that's
0: and that's where we're at with those two organizations right yeah. now. So with your breadth of experience, Ron, over the years, I mean, I, I know that uh, we did an event in Irma. Uh, Jerry Johansson and Daryl Sutter and myself and the... People asked, uh, and it was a great community, but they asked, who's the great best player of all time? And of course, Jerry said, look, I'm, I can't necessarily speak to the best player, but he said one of my clients that exceeded everybody's expectations. You know, turned, to, eh, you know, he kind of moved around, but it was Braden Point, got a 50 goal season uh. this year, and then Daryl talked. Well, you know, for me, it's Wayne Gretzky or it's Sidney Crosby because they won Stanley Cups, and then I said, you know. I think we're watching the best player that's ever played. He's the most advanced player we've never seen a guy you like that. that. F-
1: I've always quoted you as uh, coming up with that. Uh, yeah. The
0: most, you know, that that explosive. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I, I so I got to ask you about Connor. I mean, you get to see Austin Matthews, and a lot, a lot of times, you guys got the Leafs with the early game, and then the Oilers, you know, are, are the light game on on the Saturday night when when you think of where Connor's at and you know because and you've watched you know obviously you're a little bit older than me so you would have seen Bobby Hornis prime I, I kind of missed him Gila Fleur was kind of the first you know real star of the league when I you know when I was 10 or whatever so where do you see Connor relative to the players uh, of the of the past and conversely maybe even the players that today
1: well I've always liked your designation the most advanced player because he does it all and he he does everything at warp speed in fact I would go so far as to say with the uh, you know studies going on right now about artificial intelligence, I think this guy has it in his DNA because the way he processes, and Connor Brown, Luke Gazdick has his new Mitzvah podcast and he was asking Connor about playing with a Baneary and being around him a lot and he said what he does is he makes sure the defender skates are uh, straight on, he gets in a position where they're straight on and then he can tell which edge you're on and that is what dictates the movie makes. Uh, he also pulls people to a spot to free space in another section of the ice. He has a million little things he's doing at warp speed. And Gretzky did it, but not at warp speed. Uh, Orr did it at warp speed, but I don't think had quite, I, I, and I don't want to be Smirch Bobby because his backhand passing, uh, some of the things Orr had were just otherworldly too. But Connors, you know, I, I did that uh, Colorado Stanley Cup, and every morning I'd be at practice or on the off days at practice, and obviously in the games I'd see McKinnon jump, and he jumped like no other player on right. the ice. And I thought, there's no way Hey, Connor's faster than McKinnon. Can't be, but he is, and yeah. that's that's just how shocking uh, his speed is. It's a, uh, it's it's what's you know like Max Verstappen running away from the Formula One right now, and maybe part of it's the car, and maybe part of it's Connor's chassis. Who knows what you know is going right. on in there? But because uh, he just seems so natural. And, and Barb Underhill. Funny you mentioned Braden Point. She worked with Connor Brown. She worked with Braden Point. She was the one who turned him into a fifty you know goal guy. Uh, she always said she uh, assesses skating through effortlessness and Connor that's what it is it just just seems to you look at his stick usually the tape is a mess Uh, his socks you know that he wears in his skates are 5,000 years old he doesn't appear to be trying but God what a result I remember Chris Knobloch the night the Oilers won the lottery he called me after they played that night it was a Saturday
0: night and said you're going to see him do things four or five years in that you didn't see in the first couple years because he's relentless in his pursuit to continuously improve. He's never going to be stagnant. And he ultimately proved to come to fruition. i got to ask you this. Since you brought up Wes Montgomery, he was uh, an idol of mine growing up. Uh, he had an incredible he's a really funny man and you know he was one of the few guys that really went out of his way to help me when I I was younger Uh, but he pushed the envelope with what he said on the air and it was a different time back then and that's where like we all love Wes he was the best MC ever only Wes could get away of drilling Hugh Campbell at an Eskimo dinner back then um but the, the it is a very different industry today. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable sort of the evolution and the change that has occurred. I mean, you have a lot of teams now. That, I mean, I technically work for the Oilers Entertainment. You have teams, whereas before the broadcasters worked for radio, the radio station, now they work for the teams. How dramatically has this industry changed
1: over the course of your career? Well, the big shift for me, Wayne Berry was the guy who taught me. His real name was Wayne Heinrich, but his radio pseudonym was Wayne Berry. And he was the one who taught me uh, to speak to yourself, you know, your sensibility, your sense of humor. So Wes Montgomery was uh, clearly speaking to his constituents. He, he knew he knew his audience. Uh, what a, what an Edmontonian found funny was, you know, I've just dragged myself in from the point after bar. Uh, I'm a little banged up here, folks. Bear with me. Uh, we'll get through this together. And we all laughed at that. Um, now you'd be encouraging drinking, or now you'd be you know, uh, irresponsible or something. Uh, and, and furthermore, uh, the, the biggest change, of course, was when social media suddenly was chiming, in. Yes. Like for me to be authentic, I should speak to someone with Ron's ethics, but my ethics aren't necessarily pleasing to everyone. So right. and and everyone exists on social media. They didn't in your little listenership right. and or viewership. You know, I'd have two million viewers, maybe up to five when the Oilers are in the final uh, to contend no, talking, with. Now I'm you're talking the yeah. entire country, and then eventually the world if the ethical conundrum becomes one that everybody's interested in. So. You, you've kind of had to lose your way in terms of speaking to your own uh, sensibilities, and try try not to offend. Try, you know, not to have the listener or viewer put up their hand and say, "Oh God, please don't give me that," you know, woke baloney, yeah. or don't give me this, you know. And and so, I mean, in the end, we're kind of going back to the beginning because Johnny Carson swore by that he would never talk politics, he would never talk uh, ethics or the humanities, uh, because he knew they just wanted to take a load off and that's it's a hard lesson to learn for those of us who were kind of going down a path of like i said i felt when i would lo- watch al mccann interview hugh campbell the coach and gm of the eskimos can't even say eskimos but you know the elks right uh he they were they were teaching the human condition they were they were gentle in the way they did it but they were kind of taking you along a path of transforming yourself from uh selfish to uh you know altruistic and more more than that but it's tricky to do that now without it seeming like it's uh, preaching hey thanks for your time yeah, thanks no. for coming here it's been fun pleasure bob you yeah, too you thank bet. you
0: you know as i'm listening to that interview it dawns on me we gotta get ron McLean on the show more all right this is oilers now bob Stoffer with you along with cam moon and angie quinnell we're in red deer at the red deer golf and country club for the battle of alberta golf tournament still to come this day in Oilers history you know what We've done entire shows on this day in Oilers history, but uh, we've backed off to the end. We'll get to that in a quick one-on-one with Dylan Holloway, who's at this tournament as well. It is 148 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers now. We're in Red Deer, the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament, Red Deer Golf and Country Club. I bumped into Dion Zekuski today, who won a couple national championships, 1999 and 2000 with the Alberta Golden Bears. The Oilers now injury reports brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to James H. jameshbrown.com. Speaking of the Golden Bears, James H. Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the U of A. And speaking of the Edmonton Elks, they are in action tomorrow against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This will not be
2: an easy task. Will it? Brendan Escott. Uh, well the Bombers are now leading the West Division after putting a 50 spot up on BC last week they have Willie Jefferson who continues to be an absolute enigma in the Canadian Football League on the defensive side of the ball so yeah I mean I'm very excited to see how Jarius Jackson as offensive coordinator implements Trey Ford now into the offense for the first time this season it'll be his 10th appearance by the way for Ford in, uh, in Elks Colors but Uh, first this season and we'll see uh, because it's going to be a stiff test against a defense that just continues to be one of the best if not the best in the CFL let's go to our
0: one-on-one conversation with dylan holloway from the Edmonton winners who's here at the battle of alberta golf tournament dylan it's uh it's been an interesting uh, last couple of years for you and uh there has been some movement on the order roster obviously uh i'm sure you're really looking forward to the upcoming uh season just a thought on uh on the opportunity
3: that's ahead for you yeah super excited for the season uh yeah, like you said, there's a big opportunity. I think uh, I know there's some uh, opportunity to step up and take up a bigger role this year, so
0: I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm uh, going to try to do it to the best of my ability. You uh, you got in about 50 games last year. You're up with the team for the most of the year, and then there were some cap issues, and you ended up getting hurt your first game. Would you like to just see what could happen if, you know, I mean, hey, Rocket Richard had injuries and became one of the greatest players of all time early in his career. You just have to fight through that sort of stuff, don't you?
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, injuries are part of the game, but... Um, I don't know, it'd be be great to play injury-free, and I'm feeling really healthy right now, so I'm just going to keep that up and uh, try and keep that going for the season.
0: Has there been any discussion about the potential of maybe playing a little bit at centre, or is it mostly when you've been in conversation with the management or with Jay Whitcraft, has it been mostly
3: probably on the wing? Yeah, it's been a little bit of both, actually. Uh, I feel like my kind of playing style, I can play uh, either (laughs) either position, but... uh, I like, I, like playing, I like playing center, I like playing wing too so um, wherever they see fit that's where I'll be playing.
0: Alright, we're down here for the uh, Central Alberta Child Advocacy Center Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament yeah. I, I know last night's event $100,000 bid to start the night off, yeah. which would trump most hockey teams' uh, events for their own players. Just give me a thought on uh, what's it been like down here in Red Deer A yeah, little it's, bit
3: eye-opening? Yeah, it's been awesome, it's been a great experience uh, A little nervous for the game, you know, everybody's getting caddies and there's a big tournament, so I don't know, a little nervous, but I'm excited. It should be a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, last night was awesome too, so it's, it's cool to see all that money getting raised for charity.
0: Did you get any chance to maybe talk to some of the alumni guys and just have even, not that you don't have an appreciation for the Battle of Alberta, because yes. you do, but maybe get a further sort of recognition of, of what the history of uh, this rivalry has been like? Yeah, yeah, for
3: sure. I think uh, we were talking to Tim Hunter, and he was talking about it, and talking about bench-clearing brawls he started and uh, fights they'd get into and everything, so... It was definitely way crazier back then, but it's, it's cool to see the tradition kind of still live on through today. All right. I personally am a terrible golfer. That's why they don't have me out on the course. What kind of golf game do you have? I'd say very average. I have days where I can turn it on and days where I just fall apart. So I'll go in the rain and kind of see how the swing's feeling. And I don't know. It could be one of those days or it's good. It could be one of those days where it's bad. But yeah, I'd say I'm pretty inconsistent.
0: All right. Have a great time with it and continued success training the rest of the summer. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. That is Dylan Holloway of the Edmonton Oilers. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. It is as memorable of a day in Oilers history as there ever has been. It's brought to you by New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. You can book your vacation today at Uh We'll tell you that we've got our Oilers now road trip to Nashville scheduled for October the 17th. It's uh, closing in on getting sold out. I think they're going to try to buy some more tickets, but reach out to Travel.com. It's going to be a kicker. Going back to the state, the most famous trade in National Hockey League history in 1988. It was not a trade. It was a sale. Here's Brendan Escott.
2: Yeah, not two months after winning Edmonton's fourth Stanley Cup in five years, the Oilers trade captain Wayne Gretzky, Mike Niski, and Marty McSorley to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Jimmy Carson. First round draft choice, Marty Jelena. First round picks in 1989, 91, 93, and $15 million in cash. Shockwaves around Edmonton, of course, and all of Canada rippling is the great one. Shed tears in front of the microphone. Played eight seasons, though, in Los Angeles, spurring uh, probably immeasurable growth in uh, the game south of the border. Scored 918 points in those colors for LA as well.
0: All right, uh, the Gretzky sale on this date 35
2: years ago today. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight. Brendan Escott, what's he got shaken? We hear from Elks color analyst Dave Campbell on that uh, game coming up tomorrow night on 6.30. Chad, reminder, that's a 7 o'clock kickoff, the countdown show at 5.30.
0: Tomorrow, uh, former NHLer and color analyst Al May for the Washington Capitals, Stan Marple and Ian Herbers in studio to talk a bit about the Alberta Golden Bears hockey program. Ian Herbers was a teammate of Sheldon Kennedy's with the Swift Current Broncos. And uh, Darren Baumgartner will be on from uh, Cure for Cancer as part of the Glenn Anderson tournament that's to take place tomorrow. Uh, that's all coming up on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and Chelsea on Chet with Chelsea Bird from 3 to 6. Special thanks again to Angie Quinnell uh, from uh, Chorus. Uh Cam Moon, Brendan Escott, and uh, the entire organizing committee with the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament. Bob Stoffer signing off here from the Red Deer Golf and Country Club.